Cam, it's great to have you back as the first part two episode ever on Outside the System. Part one is currently the most popular episode that I've ever done on Outside the System. So that's uh, you know testament to you and what what you've been uh, what you've been spreading your message. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, and, and, and again, I appreciate you kind of teeing it up and, and riffing and asking such good questions and just bringing bringing the energy and the enthusiasm to uh, the conversation. And then we were able to riff on the same wavelength, which is always a fun thing to do. Yeah, so I think like one thing that kind of, as I listened back to that episode, you know, we spent a lot of time on how the concept came to be, the history of the World's Fair, why you're doing this, you know, what you hope, what you hope to inspire people to feel which I think are all really important things. And if somebody hasn't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend starting there. There was a lot of great content in there and you'll have a a better sense of what we're about to talk about today. What I want to actually spend more time on today though is getting very tangible in terms of what, you know, concrete in terms of what you're doing over the next one, two, three years to get closer to this vision being a reality. Because I think there's a big picture vision that I think a lot of people would say makes sense and that it's hard to do, but it makes sense. And, you know, there's a, maybe some, it's not whether you want to do it. It's more like, can you get the resources and put every, all the pieces together to get there? But then there's like the short-term questions, like how are you going to get there? What would help you get there, right? Because a lot of people, I think, listening to that episode were inspired. And, you know, some of those people maybe are not major contributors, but they'd be small contributors, whether that's in terms of their time or their money. But I do want to get really concrete in how the audience can help you actually make this vision a reality. And then also what you are planning to do over the next couple of years to, to get closer to that. So maybe we'll start with the tangible steps and then we can talk through like what would be most helpful to make the World's Fair happen. The insight here is like, how do we go make this, this big grand mega event happen? Or the, the major milestone is like, we need to figure out like where we go host it. But what we want to do is, is approach a city from a position of strength and a position of like, hey, we have a game plan. Here's what we're going to build. And then have cities say, hey, no, I want to be the place that this is hosted. And then we can drive a little bit of a... You want to create that, like that a World we, Cup World Cup bidding yeah. type situation? Yeah. yeah, the World's Cup. Like, And I think like the Olympics without like, what with like the incentives more aligned. And, and so in order to do that, we're working backwards from what is it going to look like to stir a conversation with cities? How do we get cities to say, hey, like, we're really excited about this. Like this thing is happening and we want to be a part of it. So as I mentioned on the, the last episode, we have this immersive experience that we're designing that we want to open about 18 to 24 months from now. So that's, the, that's like the major interim milestone, which is how do we turn the future into a place that people can come experience for over the course of, of three months or so. That's still a pretty big kind of like tangible step. And so to get there... We're kind of launching a, a series of events, producing media, and really building kind of a, a community movement around the development of the fair. And so what this looks like concretely is, you mentioned our kind of creative charrettes. So starting in January, we're doing another, another season of the World's Fair creative charrettes, which are kind of brainstorm design sessions, where we'll be gathering and kind of focusing on how do we design out specifically what the fair looks like for each of the core themes that the posters we did represent. So what is the, what is the oceans climate earth? So we've got oceans and, and climate. So kind of a planet earth sort of, you know, we have planet earth, we have space, we have manufacturing, robotics, energy, travel and transportation, food and agriculture, science, 
which includes like synthetic biology as well, computing and AI. This is a list of 11 things, so this shouldn't be that complicated. Um, <laughs> and a couple more. Like there was a crypto those, one, I think. Yeah, I, I think everyone's allergic to crypto right now. But I know, yes, that's crypto- why you blocked that one out of your mind. You blocked that one out of your mind for now. More decentralization, I think, is the core theme. But we're designing, like, what does each of those realms look like? So if you were going to walk through a physical space that embodied the theme of food and agriculture, what would it look like? What would it feel like? What are the things that are going on there? It is that we'll be designing these on, like, you know, one a week starting in January such that we can reveal them all at a, at a gala that we're hosting in April here in San Francisco that will bring all the, all the supporters of the fair current and in future into one space for an evening of celebration about the fair, where we've been, where we are now, and, and where we want to go. So one way for people to get involved is to come out and participate in those, those creative sessions. So we'll be, you know, follow up yeah. How would somebody get on like the list to uh, to participate in that? And just for you know, for what it's worth, I participated in one around. Right? Did I participate in two? I might have participated in. I definitely did the Atlantis one, which was super cool. That was really fun though. But it was like a several hour long brainstorming session. Just I met some really cool people too. I think even beyond just like thinking through the ideas, it was just even about meeting like other people who were working on really cool things or like had cool ways of thinking about these different areas and uh yeah it was super fun i mean i only found out about it because i think i like just follow you or something but i don't know what like what's the best way for somebody who's listening to who's interested how would they get involved with something like that twitter is the uh you know main vehicle through which you know everyone is communicating these days so there's the at world's fair co and then i'm on twitter at cam we see c-a-m-w-i-e-s-e and we're kind of putting stuff out there we also have a, a newsletter and kind of a mailing list that you can get on by signing up at, on the website or which, which will just directly pair you to the, the sub stack that we publish. But really that is the kind of main, those are the two main communication channels where we'll be introducing this design sprint and ways for people to get involved um, as well as roll out some of these kind of experiential events and experiences that we'll be releasing ideally on a, on a monthly basis starting in January just like it's a really easy easy way for people to kind of come out and, and participate in co-creation of the fair so you put out these posters look super super cool i know we talked about this a little bit last time you know the financial model for how you've set things up and it's a non-profit you know and i do want to spend a little bit of time getting into like the details on you know whatever you're comfortable talking about but just how you're funding it today how you plan to fund it, you know, moving forward, because there's a lot of, you know, kind of big vision stuff that you have. Not saying you don't have this thought out, but we didn't get into it last time. So just want to spend some time on that, too. And also, like, along those same lines, what people can do to help financially, too. Like, is it buying the posters? You know, should they be donating? Is there, like, I don't know, like a browser extension they can download that, like, auto-contributes, you know, affiliate revenue? (laughs) What can people do to help? You know, both if they if they want to help in like a small way financially, or if they want to you know help in like a bigger way, someone who's listening maybe you know really wants to contribute. Like, so what are the the different ways people can get involved financially? Financially, right now we have the the holding entity that is the group. So the World's Fair Co. We're not funding like the development of the fair 
specifically, or any of the specific programming, it's like we're building the organization. It's like the organizing committee for this cultural movement of which the fair is like a core piece. I want to find a way to like get as many people involved as possible. So we do have kind of a 501c3 set up where you can do tax deductible donations up to, you know, you can do $5, you can do it monthly, kind of like Patreon style, or um, we have a few slots for what we're calling our founding patron circle, which are larger contributions that fund more or less like, you know, 25K to 500K plus checks to fund kind of the organization's affair. And that there's like anyone who's, anyone who's interested in, in doing that, please reach out to me or, or ask Neil to connect us. I can run you through the sort of vision, the different tiers and, and all of that. But the posters were really designed just like stir everyone's imagination. I mean, this, this concept and, and the, the idea of doing a new world's fair is, is pretty abstract and pretty ambitious. And what we wanted to do was just at least seed the zeitgeist and get people thinking about the future slightly differently and how something like the world's fair could play a role in enabling that future. So all the posters represent the different, again, the core themes of what we think the like an exciting future might entail. So what does the future of health and space and energy and transportation and food look like when viewed through an optimistic and kind of pro-human, pro-abundance lens? And so if you purchase the posters and you like hang them on your walls, like that helps because we, you know, we obviously get revenue from from the poster sales. But more more concrete, I think the always looking for for direct direct contributions in varying tiers, and you can kind of and you can get involved and in like and there's like information how to do that at the at the World's Fair Co website. It's uh you go to the World's Fair Co and under Get Involved we have kind of four four buckets. Uh, we have community, which again is where you can kind of get involved in in the fair. So if if you're on the mailing list, you'll probably get kind of updated to like fill out a form about the themes and stuff you'd want to talk about for the creative sessions. But you can also just fill out the type form we have on there, which will automatically put you into the, onto the list when we're, where we're going to be kind of rolling out and releasing details on these things. And then there's a, there's a donate section, which has just a link to uh, either directly contribute or get in touch for larger, larger contributions. Take cash, check, uh, do crypto. If you are, uh, if you're bag holding, um, if you still have, if you still have some, un- we no longer take Soul or uh, AVAX or FTX coin, but uh, BTC and ETH are are still kind of bidding on the table. I can't donate my zero value Solana NFTs. Unfortunately, not. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. Doge, oh, Dogecoin, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll take Doge. No, no Shiba Inu. Though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know what people's tolerance for this this sort of joking is. So I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I think enough people, at least because I've done a lot of like, well, there's a lot of Bitcoin people who listen to the podcast just because I've I've done a few Bitcoin centric episodes. But yeah, so staying staying on topic. And by the way, if someone's interested in the Bitcoin episodes, there's a bunch. So just go to the feed. You can see there's like four or five probably at this point. So check them out. But in the meantime, so talking about like the financial ways people can contribute. What objectives is that going to help you hit over the next, you know, like call it like one year? Like, what does the next year look like? I know you're talking about the brainstorming sessions. And obviously, there's a lot of variables, whether you get enough money, whether like certain timing things work out, whether certain people say yes, whatever. In an ideal world for Cam, what does the next year look like? I mean, the blocker, again, up to this point has it's, it's just capital because I'm, I'm, I'm the only one working on this full time, chipping away, you know, building out sort of the relationships. And what's, what's crazy, Neil, is so many people, incredible, will be like, 
you know, whether they're from Imagineering or they're from the film world, they're from, you know, the tech world, everyone's like, hey, I want to help. Like, I want to be a part of this. The only question on people's minds is like, is the thing actually going to happen? And the kind of... The thing meaning the fair. The, yeah, the thing meaning the fair. And again, like, there's people to hire. There's, like, clear action items to take. But for most people, like, hey, do you actually have... Is there money and, like, horsepower behind this? That's kind of the thing that I'm, I'm you know, solely focused on right now. Because with that, then it's easy to pick up the phone and say, hey, we're going to do another design weekend retreat. We're going to workshop the entirety of the of the fairgrounds, or let's go spin up the, the media and kind of do a docu series on the different features that are being built. Sorry for cutting you off. I was going to say I feel like you could you could even do like a on the media side, like thinking through a low cost ways to do it, like to start. I could almost see like a podcast network where you have a separate podcast for each of the areas, Ooh, each of the themes yeah. that you go like super deep on. In each area, but they all sort of are under the umbrella of like the World's Fair media company or something like that. Yes, yeah, maybe another way to, to. I'm trying to avoid having too many asks for people. <laughs> I guess here's like the, the meta ones. Like, I really think it's important that we kind of continue to share these ideas and these concepts about the future that, that can get people excited and, and kind of get them believing that the world of tomorrow can be better than the world of today. And like storytelling and media is a huge, huge piece of that. If anyone listening like wants to go build out the media arm for the fair, that's the podcast, that's a docu series, that's short films, any of that, like hit me up because like that is something that is critical to the success of the organization and to this sort of fulfillment of the mission. That like I would love to have someone who just wants to own that and go execute on it. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a really good ask for, for somebody because, yeah, I think there's, I mean, media could be so many different things, right? It's like, it's a huge undertaking, but I do think like, you know, if you got that ball rolling, it affects everything else. It's like your your whole top of funnel gets a lot bigger in terms of awareness. And also like with what you're doing, there's a lot of um, mind shifting that you kind of have to do to even get all the way to the fair, right? It's like majority of people's current state of mind is around tech. People would see the fair. I'm not saying everybody reacts this way, but this is like how I would say the mainstream reaction might be is it's just so far away from like the way we currently view tech and its impact on the world. There's this whole optimistic like tech future idea. So you almost have to like shift, like start moving the mindset over to a more optimistic frame, which is going to take years of media to do and the stories that we tell and stuff and I mean, the media part of this, I can't like overemphasize in my own opinion, how like important that's going to be to making this vision actually happen. You're, you're hundred percent correct. It's like the book I, I shared, I showed you the kind of art of book. I showed that someone kind of outside of like the normal circles. And he's like, Cam, you're making a, like a really bold assumption here, which is that the future actually is going to be better. He's like, most people don't, don't believe this. Ah, yes, therein lies the challenge is how do we, and I think this just comes to exposure because you and I, we see a lot of this stuff on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Like, hey, this cool thing is happening. That cool thing is happening. Oh, I see how this could play out. But most people just don't. And I think for the, for the fair, one of the core pillars of what we have to do is produce media and tell stories that are focused on this positive, exciting, optimistic vision for the future. And like, this is, this is like me in a nutshell. Like, this is all I want to do is like, the, like the number of people who go from being like, mm, I don't know if the future's going to be good. Like, I just want people to be like, hey, you know what? 
like the future is going to be great actually because x y and z are happening and like we as humans have the agency to solve these problems like media is media is a huge huge piece it's a huge piece and also like belief to your point of what people come back and, and tell you they believe is like a huge piece as well i mean there's i, I don't know if it's like easy to express so i'm, I'm going to try there's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy angle to this where if people believe the future is going to be worse, then less people are going to work on it, on, on making it better. And if people believe the future will be better, more people will work on the future being better. And it like becomes what we actually believe. And I know that sounds kind of esoteric and almost like the secret, like that one book, you know, if you believe like it'll happen. That said, there is an element of that to how reality works. It's like, it does matter what you believe and what you view the future to, to be like. Your thoughts and your belief system actually impact what will end up happening. It's kind of crazy to think about, but it's, it, it is absolutely true. This is the importance of culture. The stories we tell shape, shape the futures we build. And so I want to I very ex- concretely answer your questions, like what does the next year look like? It, it does look like, you know, how do we spin up? these stories and in the media like that's that's a piece but it's also how do we start creating experiences that people can come to that they can participate in that start to give them this feeling of a hopeful future a micro event series that will will run on a monthly basis the team needs to be built for but the we always want to be working towards like the bigger milestone which again as i mentioned is the opening of like a a fifty thousand square foot like immersive experience that is like a piece of the fair and the goal there is to to host that in a way that we can use it to, to like store conversations with prospective host cities or or host states rather because this won't unlike you know this isn't going to be in like downtown Austin or you know in Queens or in you know Seattle like it's going to be outside of a major metropolitan area and so it's it's really like what states have the capacity to host what are they like willing to kind of do and, and the infrastructure and, and all that? Because like I mean, it's a big project, but at least the the next does like, it the have major... to be in the U.S. Yes, like it, I mean, like it doesn't it doesn't like I mean, yeah. At least the the whole point is like this is where and people people get upset about this or they they may disagree. But, like the future is being built in the U.S. Yeah. No, I'm only asking because of of World's Fair, right? So it's just like not necessarily a U.S. centric thing, but. Yeah, that's what I was just asking is like, are you limited to U.S. locations or could it be somewhere else? The goal of the organization is to continue to host World's Fairs like every five years into the future. The first one doing it in the U.S. makes the most sense for for a variety of reasons. I see a world where we continue to organize these and they're hosted in, in different countries and different cities around the world. That said, yeah, it's like, where do we, where do, we do the first one? The companies that are really on the, the leading edge, the ones that are, are building the future, are located in the U.S. And, like, the talent talent is concentrated here. And some people are like, oh, well, it's not. And, like, we want the world to be represented at the fair. Like, other countries will come. They'll show off kind of the incredible work that they're doing, that they're building. But it's it's not necessarily about, like, nations, right? It's like the world. So it's, we're bringing the world together not like countries from the world. And I think that's a like important distinction. It's like everyone from the world is invited to the greatest show on earth where we're going to celebrate humanity and human achievement and progress and like paint a vision for the world, for the world, again, world that we could be living in. Not like the U.S. world, not the like Western world, but like what does the future look like for, for everyone on the planet? 
And then how do we create experiences around that that like everyone can relate to regardless of like the country they're from or like the, the current kind of economic standing? Because really the, the future is like the future belongs to like everybody. And so it's like, how do we make sure that that is the story that is being told? That's a design design question. The other thing that we're going to be, be working on is like, yeah, we'll, we'll build out that sort of immersive experience. We have to like location for that, experience and story for that. But also just continuing to work on designing and building out like the model of the fairgrounds, like hosting creative sessions, building out the team. What does the architecture look like? What is the lands? What does the landscaping look like? What are the stories that we want to tell? What organizations or what groups or what individuals are working on telling some of these stories right now who we can work with to like incorporate into, into the design? So we actually just have to build the concept of the fair into an experience that we can show off that then gives us resources to go like translate the, the build plans and the concept into like a physical, physical site. Is that, am I communicating this clearly and concretely? Cause like, it's a very big, big thing. Okay. No, that makes, that makes a lot more sense. One actual idea I had based on what you were just talking about is a few weeks ago, I went to something in New York called like King Tut, like immersive experience or something was the name of it. And they're done by like National Geographic. Like they're done in this one, at least was done at a pier, not even like, you know, one of the easiest to, to journey to peers in New York, but it was, it was at a pier. So like a warehouse type building. And they just created a, like a really interesting exhibit around like, you know, using like screens and different types of like, basically it was a very creative use of screens. I should say that's like most of what it was, but they like recreated the time, the moment that they opened up the tomb for the first time. And like, you know, the, like a lot of like ancient Egyptian like myths. And it was like, I thought it was really cool. You know, I mean, I think it would be like, they could do that for a variety of topics. And I think that they do where I'm going with this is I wonder if there is a similar type of experience you can create around each of the 11 areas. And, you know, and people paid, you know, to go to this King Tut thing. So it's like, there could be a ticket cost to go to this thing. But it would be a way to like make it real for them, you know, make it concrete. And, and I don't know what that is. And it's probably different for each of the 11 areas, but it's like, you know, the oceans one, the space one, like the decentralization one. Like there's probably some really interesting exhibits you could do around all of those areas. This is, this is good because like this is part of the articulation. Like when I'm, when I'm saying like what is the immersive experience that we create and we launch? Like it's in that vein. It's like the, the King Tut experience. It's like the, you know, Meow Wolf or the uh, Museum of Ice Cream isn't quite on brand, but it's not like physical activation. You go, you have an experience, but instead of it being focused on ice cream or cookies or mummies, it's, it's on the future and like with this kind of air of optimism and excitement. The future of oceans or like, yeah. yeah. And then like all of this, I think this is another important piece. It's like the org, while the, the world's fair co setup is like a 501c3, that's like nonprofit is like a tax status, not a business model, right? Like this is a big project. Everyone's like, oh, is this going to be a money pit? It's like, no, like we need a little bit of capital to like get like kind of design, continue to grow the team and design these things, which is like the holding entity. And then like, I fully anticipate like all these immersive experiences, all the events, all these other things will like generate revenue such that the organization can be self-sustaining and not rely on like philanthropic support in perpetuity. It's like the entity should sustain itself and like be able to last and like be funded for, for the next hundred years through these sort of events we create, but all of it staying within like the shell. So it's like, Oh cool. The immersive experience generates, you know, makes $20 million. 
like all of that gets kind of siphoned back into the continuation of these experiences and not like necessarily like externalized. So going to your point about nonprofits don't have to be a money pit. Have you looked into or heard about or researched uh, Rolex at all? No. Like the watch company? I mean, I, I know of Rolex. I, I don't have one. Um. <laughs> no, well, I'm not saying. I'm not saying for that reason. I'm not saying for that reason. I'm saying they are effectively a nonprofit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like the shares are owned by this foundation. And that foundation donates, like it's a nonprofit, and that foundation donates all of the profits. Yeah, I'll have to link to an article about this, but there are, I think they set up a website. There was a podcast episode I'd listened to about this like a while back, and I need to dig up whose podcast that was, but it was super interesting. Yeah, okay, so here they go. It's like Rolex.org. They have like the areas that they donate to like environment science arts yeah it's just like it's super interesting that this is how probably like the best known watch company in the world is set up but it's a non-profit like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be money pit to your point <laughs> like this is doable it's all about creating a like a public good the world's fairs are like that is literally created to fulfill the mission of like creating a culture of optimism for the future and supporting the builders who seek to make that future a reality. Like that's it. So it's like, how do we, like, that's the whole reason this exists. And by having a model that actually brings in some money, it makes it more likely to succeed because it can last longer by doing that. Is you're not, you're not reliant on like, Oh, this year the stock market did really well. So I got a lot of donations. It's like, we make our own money so we can, you know, kind of self fund our operations now, but you need to, you need that like initial bit to bootstrap it up to that point. Yeah. The way that, I mean, I envision this playing out in the, the long run is that, you know, we, we run programs like the fair eventually has an endowment that like is used to fund, like, you know, we talked about kids going to science and math camp and like, is that or space camp? Is that a thing? Like, yeah, like we have programming, like we may have, you know, Bezos may want to send like a million kids to the fair. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, then that can be like a philanthropic contribution. So having, like something that is you know, like a neutral, like a uh, deductible tax status, like makes it easier for, for like people to like allocate capital to. And then in, in, in some ways. Who is the dream team or like the list of people, you know, if you could get this in front of and be able to pitch. The reason I say this is you never know who knows who. So I want you to just put that out in the world. And like, you know, if you're uncomfortable with it and if there are, you know, people listening who have a way to help you get in front of these people, that would be, you know, that would be awesome. So yeah, like who's the, who, who's the, on the dream team? All right, let's see. Let's, let's, I only pull up my spreadsheet here. My, my own bias is like towards like the tech centric circle. So if anyone like has folks that they know who are doing things in, in real estate, in like non-Silicon Valley tech, maybe some some finance like there's a bunch of people that like i don't know so so this list is kind of my own my own skew but specifically evan spiegel from snapchat i think i'm a big fan of of brian armstrong from coinbase and brian chesky from airbnb particularly like i know brian's a big fan or chesky's a big fan of, of walt disney and walt had a ton of involvement with it with the world's fairs patrick and john collison um who i may have 
converse with by the time this goes live, but we will we will see. Scott Cook, who is uh, you know one of the founders of Intuit, I literally have a spread of like a hundred plus people. I'm trying to be like, what names are people gonna gonna recognize? No, but even if they don't recognize, like that could still be helpful. Are you comfortable posting the spreadsheet uh, <laughs> in like a view only mode? <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Here's why I'm saying that. It's like that's another way someone can contribute, right? It's like, yeah, I might not have the money to like write a twenty-five thousand dollar check, but I can, you know, I through some weird circumstance, I actually happen to know this person, you know, who you really want to meet. Like, I can help put that together. You know what I mean? Like, someone listening can find another way to contribute that way. So I can put it in the show notes and, you know, don't make it let people be editors, but, like, make a view-only version. And, uh, yeah, if people can... Like, that's actually an interesting idea is, like, just make a live ask spreadsheet or something that people can just, every time, like, they want to contribute, just go there and see what they can help with. That's a good idea. Only if you're comfortable with it. I'm not saying you should do it, but it's like, that's another one where it's, you know, it's just an easy way for if somebody does have a way to contribute with that and they like what you're doing, it's like an easy thing for them to, not an easy thing for them to do, but it's a way, it's a solid way for them to help. Yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll put something up. We'll put something in the show notes. It's like the, here are the, the prospective World's Fair patrons open to other ideas if people have them. It's like, hey, have you talked to this person or that person? Like, open to it. It's like, trying to find people who are, who are values, like values aligned. So it's like, who cares about the future? Who, who actually is like financially contributing to projects of this nature? Cause again, like if we want to, we want to find people who just like are, are like aligned with the mission and who see the importance of creating, creating like this sort of like experience and who aren't like, Oh, what's the, what's the MVP? What's the, like the, the small thing. It's like, we're building the next great world's fair. This is a mega project. And requires a lot of capital and a lot of people's involvement. We've broken it down into like manageable milestones only so that the team can like build capacity to execute and like work well together. Right. And like, that's what we're doing. It's not like, Oh, let's just, you know, stop along the way and just build out a media company and just do TikToks and Instagrams. And like, no, no, no. Like the goal here in the anchor is like by the end of the decade, we're going to have shovels in the ground and we will all be gathering at like, the grandest celebration on the planet, the next great world's fair. Like it's, it's, I'm not like, we don't have, there's no, there's no time to do like other things. Like the future needs like us to believe in it. And we have to be working towards building it. Like I want everyone to like, if you have something that you care about, like if you have a future that you're building towards that is like concrete and tangible and like actually affects people's day-to-day lives, not some like secondary, you know, like, Oh, maybe I'll just generate a bunch of capital and maybe I'll give it back at some point. Like, go build something that like is contributing to the future now. And like, let's all celebrate at the fair, but like, that's the focus. And so I'm trying, like, it's really important to me that we get people who just like, we're not messing around. We're going to build the fair. And like, that's the target. So we're, the only things we're doing are like in pursuit of that. And like ensuring that the culture is at a point where like people are willing to accept and attend the fair and not reject it outright. But that's like a secondary problem. It's like, we're building the fair. We're building the fair. We're building the fair. Like we're not. Yeah. So if people want to help build the fair. Yeah. That was awesome. Whoever's listening to this on fountain. If you clip that rant slash vision rant that cam just did, that was amazing. That's like the crux of what you're trying to do. So I'll turn that into a clip. I'll send you a thousand sats myself. I'm sure other people will send you some sats too. That was amazing. So yeah, someone clip that please. All right. I think on that note, 
Cam, we're going to put a bunch of this stuff in the show notes as we talked about. Let's talk a little more about that afterwards, just about what should go in there. But if you're inspired to help, check out the show notes. Look at that spreadsheet Cam is going to put together. See what intros you can do. Contribute financially. Contribute with your time. Attend the brainstorming sessions. And uh, yeah, Cam, is there anything I'm forgetting? You know, if you're if you're in a place where you know you don't have the means or the resources, or you're just like a fan in general, like just champion a positive vision for the future. Don't let the like the doom and gloom and the pessimism like win out. Like think about all that like can be great, and just like focus on putting that energy on the world. So like if nothing else, like just be a beacon of of hope for the sort of future that you want to live in, and like that's that's a critical piece of this as well. So yeah. Another great clip. That's another good one. <laughs> Cam, you're on a roll. I know. <laughs> These are great. <laughs> I'm trying not to get back up on my soapbox. I like it. It's good. But... No, no, I like it. I like it because the way you're, you know, you're explaining this is just becomes much more concrete for people than feel because there is a little bit of the overwhelming feeling. Even I, like even when you were sharing it with me, I had that that same feeling of like, wow, this is such a big vision, and we're so far away from that as like a culture. You know, it's just like, you, it's hard to see how you get from here to there. And then, you know, what you're kind of explaining and talking about is how we get from here to there. And you're only going to do that with the singular focus that, that, you know, you're envisioning and that you're kind of focusing on and making sure that, you know, anybody who comes on board in terms of patrons and, and contributors is kind of aligned with that same exact set of values. So cool. Well, thank you, Cam. Excited to, uh, to see what people, uh, people do after listening to this. Indeed. Onwards and upwards. Thank you and and thanks everybody.